Welcome to Vegas Circle with Pacquiao Chris, and today joining the circle with us, we are excited to have Alexis Lagan, who is the only athlete to earn two national titles in the Olympic events, rifle and pistol national championships. She is a member of the U.S. shooting team and is representing USA in the Tokyo's 2021 Olympic Games. So we're excited to have you, Lexi. Welcome to the circle. Yeah, Lexi, welcome. Hey, That's you. exciting. <laughs> and I just need to put a little correction in there. So I've earned... Um, National titles for women's pistol, for uh, sport pistol and air pistol. Nothing for rifle. I'm not that multi-talented yet. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Got it. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're going to have to share with our guests what that means, so the differences are. Yeah. So um, with women's sport pistol, it's two different disciplines. One is sport pistol. Um, it's a faster-paced, more exciting shooting sport. And it's done with a semi-automatic pistol and that is 22 long rifle cartridge. Um, and then there's air pistol. Air pistol is kind of a funky looking gun. It looks a little bit like something from Star Trek. And yeah. that is shot with 177 pellets. Um, those are little tiny itty bitty pellets that most people have a little bit of trouble with handling because they're so small. And uh, because they are such small pellets, we have really small targets with that. Normally, you're shooting at a 10 meter or a 10 ring that is the size of an eraser head. So oh, if wow. you can that 10 meters away, and you have to be about 98% proficient to be able to com be competitive in the world level. Wow, Man. that's wild. <laughs> It's a that, pretty that changes a lot. That's actually kind of scary, Lexi, now that you said that, to show how, <laughs> how much precision you have. Yeah. <laughs> You're not the person to play with it at all. <laughs> yeah, so you actually are from surprised. Vegas, right? You actually are from yeah, Vegas I, and grew up in Boulder City, correct? Yep. I was born and raised out in Boulder. Um, I'm actually the fourth generation to graduate from the high school out there. Oh, so we've yeah. been in Vegas Valley for a long time. Wow. How did you get into shooting? Well, I was born into a police family and so we had firearms in the home pretty often. It was often a bonding activity for my grandpa and for my dad and I to go out to the range and uh, we'd go shooting on the weekends and then come home and go back to our regular lives. Then when I went to school up in Salt Lake City, I went to the University of Utah and most of my friends went to BYU uh, Provo. So I decided I needed to make some new friends, and uh, I found the marksmanship team, and they said that they do a little bit of target shooting, a little bit of this and that, and it really drew me in. Uh, the first day of tryouts, I, <laughs> I hated it. It was in a basement inside the Naval Sciences Building, and I had to go through a boys' locker room to be able to get to the range, and it was... It was kind of different firearms than I'd ever used because Olympic shooting is very, very different than what I would do at home with my family. And so I called my dad after the tryouts and I said, you know, I don't think this is for me. I don't really like it. It's not really my thing. And my dad said, you know, maybe just stick with it a little bit. After about a week, I made a couple of friends and I got extremely competitive with them for no good reason. And I was hooked. That was my thing after that. I, I became the pistol girl. How much time did you have to put into it at the beginning, specifically to make the team and then stay on the team? I was putting in probably only 10 hours a week at the range, not including um, workouts and that sort of thing. I was really, um, I was really focused on school, which was such a good thing because that is what I went to the University of Utah for. But I 
spur of the moment ended up getting put on the national team or um, on the the nationals team for the University of Utah and um, it was kind of unusual for a freshman that really had never competed in the sport to be put into every single discipline that was available at the NRA Collegiate Nationals. I got a lot of attention, especially for shooting a couple of disciplines that are mostly male-dominated and really being very successful in them. Um, after that, my coach brought me back. He said, you know, it's kind of a long shot, but let's try for Rio. I think you can do it. And he set me up with a really rigid training schedule. I was training almost 30 hours a week now, and I was doing a, a ton more workouts and um, doing mental exercises, and then I still was working a part-time job and going to school full-time for physics. So I was pretty busy from there on out. You know, it's wild. You know, Chris and I, we've interviewed a lot of different people, and then especially just the athletes, just the the time and focus that you have to put in. I remember we were interviewing a UFC fighter, and she was talking about how, you know, she has to block all her time out in the medical field and literally just take and just focus camp, basically two months, get her camp done and do nothing else but just train. I mean, it seems like that's what you have to do because currently you're at the, uh, the Colorado Springs training facility, correct? Correct. I, um, I live just about 10 minutes, 20 minutes from campus. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, I've been out there before. Colorado is beautiful, man. It's, it's such oh, a it's nice good. place. Yeah. So th tell us about just kind of growing up. You got the opportunity to kind of work with your family that's been in law enforcement and things along that line. But what I was most impressed about your story is, you know, especially for, you know, kids and teenagers that are following, especially Olympic athletes like yourself, this has taken you around the world. You know, from my understanding, you went to Germany, you went to South Korea, um, and this has kind of opened a lot of doors for you, um, you know, shooting, which is a, a unique, you know, I wasn't sure how shooting was, you know, Olympic sport and how it was. And when I started kind of dialing in, it's, it's amazing, you know, what you've been able to do. Yeah, no, I never expected one to even have a run at the Olympics in anything, really. My main drive and focus was to go into physics research. Um, oh, wow. So when I started talking to my parents about maybe making this a career, they were kind of like, oh, well, okay, let's do it. I, I really didn't anticipate this to be a huge thing, but now I've had so many opportunities not only to shoot here and talk about the shooting sports here in the U.S., but um, visit all these different countries, as you said, South Korea, Germany, uh, China. I've been all over the world. And the weirdest part is I've been all the, over the world with guns. Not a lot of people would ever imagine <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've made some really great friends in different countries. And it's just opened up a world of possibilities in my mind. Oh, sorry, I was ready, entry level into the sport because, you know, for me, I've always enjoyed shooting, but it's pretty expensive. It's like, how do you, <laughs> you know, when you're going to school and doing all that amount of shooting, is it all of those expenses covered? I have to add, I was always curious about that. Like, who, who pays for all that ammo and things? I dug out as much as I could. I had so many great um, supporters from back mm -hmm. home in mm -hmm. Vegas and in Boulder City. I mean, I just, I really was supported through this because I don't think I would have been able to do it on my own. In terms of funding or anything, that really doesn't come until you've made some significant teams, World Cup teams even beyond the national team, you need to be making those elite teams up there. So 
it was a lot of just kind of finding a little bit of money here, buy a lot of ammo there. With my firearms, the, the two that I was using at the very beginning were from the University of Utah on, on rental. And um, I almost ended up buying those guns off of the U. And then I found uh, Pardini USA, which is a distributor for Pardini firearms. It's one of the, um, one of the more prestigious firearms companies for this type of shooting. Uh, they're an Italian brand and I've really just fallen in love with the firearms on both air pistol and sport pistol. And um, the dealer here in the US is a good friend of mine. So it worked out to be a really swinging deal to um, kind of have a friend in the gun business there. But otherwise, yeah, no, a lot of this is just by our own funding. Um, not a lot of Olympic athletes are uh, living the high life. Most of us are actually below the poverty level if you look at our, our income statements. Wow. But we make yeah. it work. Yeah. How do you like handle stress and pressure of, of, I mean, you were talking about being able to shoot with that much precision. Like how in the world are you able to train your body and you'll be able to do that? It takes a long time to say that it was, oh, it's so easy, it comes naturally is a huge lie. Don't ever believe anybody that says that, either that or they have something else going on because it is very stressful to be able to shoot under high pressure competitions, um, high pressure conditions. Uh, I work with a sports psych, I actually work with a couple right now. We do a lot of meditation, a lot of different thought exercises where you kind of challenge the way that you think to think a little bit differently about a particular competition or something that's stressing you out. So one thing that was really stressful for me was the United States Pistol Program actually lost a lot of its funding for a while. Um, it, we're still recovering some of those funds. And uh, in order for us to regain a lot of those funds and regain a lot of that stature, um, it felt like to me that I had to be the best shooter in the world to justify that funding coming back. That obviously is not the type of pressure you want to walk into a World Cup in China with some of the best athletes in the world. It really messed with my psyche. And so it takes a lot of training. Um, a lot of self-discipline and um, a lot of compassion for yourself too. When things aren't going right and when you are feeling stressed out and you walk out onto the line and your heart's going like this, you yeah. have to realize, okay, it's, it's okay. This is normal. Um, if I wasn't stressed out about this, there would probably be a, a bigger issue to discuss. So it's okay to be a little stressed out here and there as long as you can, you know, and the whole Wusa, yeah. <laughs> Do yeah. you have like a like a word or a mantra that, that you kind of tell yourself when you're competing? Yeah, so I kind of go through a couple of different steps, and in those steps, one of the words is deep breath in, deep breath out. Focus on just this shot. If I'm focusing on what happened in the last shot and why it was a nine instead of a ten or if I'm focusing on if I shoot 10 more tens, then I'm going to win, you end up stressing yourself out more than you need to. So I focus on just one shot at a time and try and be really in the present instead of in the future or in the past. Yeah. 
especially these times right now, you got to literally cut the noise out. It's interesting that you brought up meditation. I was hearing, you know, growing up, you made a lot of boys cry during a, during a certain competition. So beat, beat them, try to mess up their self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean to. That was all on them. Um, but that was definitely one of my first little tastes of competition in any way. Most of my early on activities involved um, dance class and and group things where we all work together so having that first little tidbit of taste of a competition where I'm on my own was <laughs> it was definitely exciting it was neat to see to look back now and see where that that start of competitive edge came from uh, yeah what would you say is like your biggest challenge uh, kind of to date in your career um, I think I would have to go back to uh, that whole loss of funding. Um, yeah. I moved from, after I graduated from the University of Utah, I moved out to Colorado Springs and I moved into the dorms that they have here on, at the training center. I really felt like I was kind of restarting. I was in group dorms again instead of being in my own apartment and I had lost a lot of contact with certain people just from distance. Um, it was definitely difficult. I started to gain momentum and figure out my rhythm and just as I felt like I was getting to a really good place, a really competitive level worldwide, um, it felt like the rug got tugged out from underneath me with that funding cut. It was really, really difficult. It put a lot of pressure on not only my shoulders but a lot of the other other pistol shooters that were on the team uh, so it was it was difficult to be just here to be in that mindset but I kind of looked back at where my start was and I referred back to a lot of those big supporters not just monetarily but supporters of how I was doing I really relied on a lot of them and it gave me a little bit of an extra boost and that's I feel like where I took the the next big step in my career and I started to get um, a little bit better than I, I was even before that. It was really difficult, but I, I think it pushed me to get to the next step. Yeah, did you ever have like a turning point where you knew like this was something that you were wanting to do full time and kind of just make it your path? Like it, it seems to be, you know, to drop everything you're going to school for physics and to kind of you know make this your career path and you kind of your your thing to do but that takes a big was there a turning point specifically or did it kind of happen naturally over time i think it was something that i had rattled around of like maybe i should do this all of like 2016 after i just barely missed making the rio team um i went back to salt lake and I kind of batted around the idea, do I want to continue this or am I going to continue with my education and go on to law school? And um, it ended up, I think, hitting me in January 2017. I was supposed to graduate in May and uh, my coach at the time called me from the national team and said, hey, I want you to move to Colorado Springs and I want you to start training here and I think this is a good idea for you. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And she's like, if you really want to continue in this, this is your next step, and I think you should do it. 
okay. And so I filled out the paperwork and I applied. I didn't even really ask anybody or talk to anybody else. I just was like, this is, this is it. This is it. I'm going to do it. It was like the middle of January and I'm like, okay, everything's different now. And it really was, it went really, really fast. Um, graduated college, uh, got my dorm assignment, got my move-in date. I was going to move in in July. I moved into the dorms and that was it. Like it all restarted right then. It was crazy. I, most of that year is difficult to remember just because of how fast it felt like it went. That's wild, man. You, you got to definitely just focus and you can see that with you. I know a lot of, uh, you know, people look up to you for sure. And I know a lot of brands You've done a great job with, with building your brand and, and, you know, representing yourself with class, which is great. Talk a little bit about the, the Tokyo 2021. What's the rescheduled date for the Olympic Games? Because I know it's supposed to be this summer, correct, for 2020, and then now it's got pushed to next year because of COVID? Yep, so it'll be exactly one year, and I think it's one year and two days or three days. Um, okay. But it's just one year away. Really, a lot of the athletes that have already made teams found this to be kind of, a good thing. It gives us an opportunity like no other to train and prepare. Most of the time when we're getting ready for an Olympics, the Olympic team uh, will be decided and announced months prior to our leave date. It was kind of unusual for USA Shooting to pick teams as early as we did back in the end of February. Normally we'd be picking teams at like the end of March, um, sometimes all the way even to May. So it ended up working out really well because rather than training right now for an Olympic trial, I get to train for the Olympics. It really changes your mindset and um, it gives me a, a really good opportunity to get to a different level than I was going to be at for this Olympics. Well, let me ask you about some of the restrictions and things. Will you guys have to wear a mask and things like that to compete? We're not sure about any okay. of the rules yet for that. Um, I know right now it's very difficult for us to travel because there are a lot more. Normally the restrictions are where we can travel with our firearms and what permits we need and what time. Now it's come down to what persons can go where and, and what dates do we have to quarantine. So um, travel is pretty difficult. And if I can forecast what that's going to look like for the Olympics, I'm sure it will definitely change some of our plans on maybe going to a training camp prior to going to the Olympics or anything like that. It, it might affect that. For sure. Do you find now that you know that you have all this time to prepare, do you think, do you feel it as being a benefit where you have already find more pressure involved with, that's a lot longer to think about the Olympics than you may have had in the past? I, I've gone back and forth with which one, but I think overall the, the more predominant thought is that it's a good thing. Um, it gives me a lot longer of a time to, to recognize that mindset of, oh my gosh, I'm training for the Olympics, I'm going to the Olympics. It lets me um, have that thought and work with it a little bit more often and come to feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Yeah, how do you prepare for those nerves of being at the Olympics? Because, you know, it's easy to do it for maybe a competition or something along those lines. But on that world scale, like that moment where you're going into the Olympics, for me, would be mind boggling. And can you even prepare for that no matter how much you try? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I'm <laughs> really going to 
fully hit me until I'm there. I've definitely talked to, um, I have three great friends that all have been to different Olympics before. One's been to like four Olympics prior to this one. So um, they all have really great experiences. And um, even my national coach, uh, he is the only men's uh, bronze medalist for air pistol uh, in the country. And so he obviously has some really great uh, knowledge and feedback on that sort of thing. So I try and I try and respect my elders, if you will, and uh, <laughs> reach out to them as much as possible. I'm sure all of them will get a kick out of that. But uh, I try and reach out to them and really uh, utilize them as resources for trying to investigate that feeling. Yeah, sounds exciting. Sounds very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's, got a, it's exciting and intense at the same time. Man. You got to keep those nerves, man. So I can understand the mantras and everything. Is there any Olympian that you want to meet in Tokyo and why? I mean, it would be pretty stinking awesome to run into Simone Biles. She just is an outstanding athlete, really just performs her sport so well, and she's so graceful and elegant when she speaks. And I just, I really appreciate her representing the U.S. So I think that would be an amazing opportunity to, to run into her. However, a lot of the Olympians that, um, that I truly idolize, I've actually become friends with. So it's kind of, good. it's kind of neat to be um, in that shooting sports community. Everyone's pretty approachable. Everyone's pretty tight. For example, one person that I idolized when I first got started was Kim Rohde. Uh, she's a U.S. shotgun shooter, uh, and she has six consecutive Olympic medals from six different Olympics, which is a huge deal. But yeah, I I finally met her, and I like melted. I met her at a shot show actually, <laughs> and it was totally like celebrity moment where I'm just <gasps> Kim Rowdy. Oh my gosh! Like, oh. and then. <laughs> We went to a world championship together and we sat down. She's like, so I heard that you're having some boyfriend things going on. I'm like, Kim Rohde is <laughs> gossiping with me about boy problems. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it really changes your perspective. It's one of those things where they always say, never meet your idols. But when I met her, it, it made me feel so welcome into That's the awesome. community. That's good stuff, man. That's awesome to be able to do that, especially on that elite level. Just kind of switching gears a little bit. What one question that we always like to ask all of our guests is, um, what's your favorite restaurant in Vegas? Okay, so I knew this question was coming. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I have to give a couple just because I am a Boulder City born and raised kiddo. I was going to um, say Boulder City too. That's important. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I love the coffee cup out in Boulder. It's just a fun place to hang out, and they have really great food. The soda at the Nest, also in Boulder, is my new favorite thing. When I was out there um, earlier this year, I went every single day. But out in Vegas, my favorite place to go to is Umiya Sushi. It's off of Flamingo. Okay. I know. I'm so I've been good. craving sushi lately, so I'm going to have to try that out. It's my favorite sushi place ever. Awesome. All right, we got that one on the list, man. That's, that's another <laughs> yeah. we can add. So two good. places in Boulder. And I saw you post Nest on your, on your social media, so that's all there, too. Anything else that you want to share, anything that we forgot to ask you that's on your heart? You know, one of my favorite quotes that I think is super applicable to 
these days is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and it goes, do what you can with what you have where you are. I know that a lot of people are struggling, and I think it's a great opportunity to reflect on what blessings you do have and what things you can do right now. And that's something that I try and really focus on is even if I'm frustrated or something's not working out, what can I do right now? And can I do the best that I can with those things? So that's something that I think is yeah, pretty significant, especially right now. Yeah. That's a, that's I have a written down quote. in every journal. Yeah, that's a that's a powerful quote for sure, Lexi. And, especially uh, right now. Yeah, especially with the kids looking up to you and the teenagers and, and, and just anybody, man, just in business with all the adversity and, and COVID going on right now. It's great to, uh, to get a breath of fresh air like yourself and all the adversity. You're able to still focus and do your thing, man. You're a class act. And I can see why brands are paying attention to you and, and doing that. So that's awesome. Uh, so, so we appreciate you hanging out with us. We're rooting for you, uh, yeah, especially as you represent Vegas. You. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. fe- I'm sorry, somebody. representing the U.S. I shouldn't say Vegas. Apologize. Bigger scale. Bigger scale. Well, we appreciate you hanging out with us, Lexi. Thank yeah, definitely. So Thank, Thank you. Can you. you share your social medias? Because I know you've got uh, your website and, and uh, your social medias on where people can support you and reach you. Yeah. Um, so my website is uh, com. Okay. And then uh, my handles for Instagram and Twitter are at L-A-G-A-N-1515. And then awesome. I also have a Facebook athlete page, which is um, Lexi Lagan. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you. You can check us out at thevegascircle.com. We appreciate you hanging out with us, Lexi. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. Thank you.